Hey, let's kick off an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio, which is brought to you free every week from the folks at, well, where else? Geekinthecity.com. You can also watch us stream the show weekly every Tuesday on twitch.com forward slash geekinthecity at 6.30 p.m. Pacific Time. If you enjoy the show, you can also help us out over on patreon.com forward slash geekinthecity. Your support there helps us do more content and create more shows and overall make it a better experience for you, the best audience in the world. As always, always share the show and make some comments for us or give us a five-star rating on any of the platforms you enjoy listening to this show on. And with that, let's kick off this all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio. Welcome to issue 670 of Geek in the City Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron Duran. I'm one of your other hosts, Beanerita. And I'm T-Bird. <laughs> what is going on right now? We were... I am Cable Hashitani, and uh, Aaron and I were throwing, trading lines from uh, the 90s classic gothic horror movie... Comic book inspired, and definitely you play it at every Halloween. The Crow with the late Brandon Lee. Yes, uh, I've never played. That. Oh, I learned. Wait, some deep there's a rap. game. What? The game, The Crow. Is that what you said? I thought that's what you said. A game, a game that gets played every Halloween. Okay. Wait. No, uh, no, movie. Movie that movie. gets played everywhere. Okay. Maybe I did say game and I meant movie. I work in a game store. I'm around <laughs> games all goddamn day. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's entirely possible. Yes, um, fair enough. Game, 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 So Merrick threw me down this rabbit hole uh, Sunday morning <laughs> that uh, ended in um, – part of it was – do you remember Chad – in the fourth Matrix movie, Chad. Married. Chad. He was the the hu- programmed husband with the program kids that was married to Trinity. Um, vaguely to yeah, Tiffany. Yeah. I yeah. didn't remember his name was Chad, but I his name was the Chad. The actor's name is Chad. Classic Chad. So here's the thing. Chad was um, a stunt double. He was Brandon Lee's stunt double on The Crow. Oh. He was the stunt double that filled in for all of the once Brandon had been killed on set and they still needed to finish scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh Chad had the the physical body type that was closest to Brandon, so he f- filled in all of the scenes where you don't see Brandon's face. Mm. That that's apparently Chad. Okay. 
good for him. Chad is, has had had like he's just kind of a, a guy. He's a working guy. He's just this guy, you, you know? know. He works. Yeah, he's, yeah. Uh, and he has worked stunts his whole life. Um, but he goes from there to work with um, Keanu Reeves on The Matrix. Uh, cut to now, like him being on screen in The Matrix Four is just one uh, of his more recent on-screen credits he put together a like Keanu Reeves paid out of pot out of his own pocket a bunch of the stunt people from original Matrix because he's like I know my name is on the marquee you did all the work here have some more money Um, he did that on all the Matrix movies too he did and Chad took that money and started stunt production companies and film production companies like, he's a major... Like, he went from, I'm a stunt guy, to major stunt coordinator on most of the things that we've watched, including all of the John Wick movies. Oh, wow. Good yeah. for Chad. Like, this, like, if you go look at his IMDb, he's done shit. Yeah. Um, like also, he, I think what you're telling us is that Keanu Reeves is the rising tide. He is the rising tide. That is very much so, yeah. Um, like... When she was telling me this stuff, uh, like she mentioned, it's like, oh yeah, apparently he trained with Brandon Lee at the Inosanto Dojo. I'm like, oh, okay, that told me everything I need to know right there. Because Diana Lee Inosanto, who was the magistrate in the Mandalorian episode with um, Ahsoka Tano, she was the one with the spear. And she learned, she studied under Bruce Lee a little bit, right? She's or her Bruce dad. Lee's goddaughter. Yeah. Oh, the wow. Inosantos and the Lees were friends. Like, yeah. So when Chad says he knows martial arts, Chad knows martial arts. <laughs> yeah. Probably within a good foundation in uh, Jeet Kune Do. Yeah. Because that was Br- uh, Bruce's, yeah. The, that was his sh- stick. Yeah. So. But yeah, weird little link to, like, I forget why this came up. She brought up something completely different and then went down this rabbit hole that went through the Crow and all the Matrix movies (laughs) and the Eno Santos and the Lee connection. It was was great. And it wasn't because you were watching the Crow? We were not watching the Crow. I don't know if it's true. There was a rumor that some of the close-up mirror shots of Brandon Lee and the Crow when he's putting on the makeup and he shatters it because he's... Those scenes were going to be filmed towards the end, and Brandon Lee had already been killed by then. Mm-hmm. I remember reading somewhere that those facial images are a mashup of Brandon Lee and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Like, they use some of him for that. I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt was too, is too young He was that. too young. He was very young. But you see them side is... by side, and you can kind of see it. But yeah, The Crow came out in 1992? Yes. I think. That sounds right. Yeah, sure. I think, you're, I think so. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is older than I am, apparently. He was born in 81. So what did we say, 93? Still too young. That that means he would have been like 12, 13. So The Crow came out in 94. I remember because uh, our high school 94? would always do the okay. sober grad. And they mm-hmm. always said, like, we'll get you one special movie that, like, doesn't screen anywhere. Like, usually the theaters would try to get it early and whatnot. And they did. We really thought it was going to be The Crow, and it wound up being City Slickers 2, The Legend of Curly's Cold. (laughs) Um, So much to my disappointment. So I know this is going out, but it's... I don't know. Anyway. 
Oh, I know why. Sorry, behind the scenes. I know why this preamp is not showing anything on track four. Track four is for dedicated call-in. So I'm not getting levels on track four because there is no one. So Right. There's right. only three Nobody of us mind. today. We have no guests today. It's just us. Yes. We have no bananas. We have no bananas today. We did have a good solid uh, month of guests. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So. October was good. And and solid guests at that. Yeah. And now that Ruck is back, I got to see about getting him into the studio again. We haven't had him all around in a it's while. It's been a long time. And he has tales of Italy. Ooh. Probably. Maybe. He them. has tales. How many of them can, How many he he can tell <laughs> on air? Yes. Right. Uh, yeah. Hey, here's not being able to lift my right hand right now to drink up. Seltzer water. Ooh. That's. I don't. I don't think we're set up for that yet, Norm. What? <laughs> uh, Norm is asking if we, if like potentially listeners could call into the show. I don't think we're set up for that. Quite. We're not there yet, but I don't know. It might be fun, but we're not there yet. This new streaming one is this. This new streaming setup is is pretty nice, though. Mm-hmm. There's, there's yeah, a bunch yeah. of stuff we haven't really played around with. Could uh, Revnat recap Rings of Power? I'm sure we will. Because that wrapped up in October also. The first oh, season. did it? Okay. I think so. Cool. Yeah. I didn't watch it. I'm probably I not going to. totally fell off. I'm sure I'll finish it at some point. It's fine. I still have to finish Sandman. October was fucking busy, y'all. Yeah, it was. It was incredibly busy. <laughs> Sandman not... was over the summer. Yep. <laughs> two people in our two Also during that time period, two people in our two-person household had COVID. <laughs> oh, did she get it too? Oh, I didn't know that. That was Portland Horror Film Fest. Oh yes, you were extra stressed out. Yes, that. you did know that. You oh, both yeah. knew that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, By the way, I'm pretty certain this person wants a like a, a Polaroid for Christmas. Yeah, yeah, I think you're probably right. Yeah. She was always lamenting that her film doesn't work. For, I was like, and the film does this and this, the camera? She's like, it's not the kind of film I have. I was like, oh, well. All right. Good point. Yeah. I had a lot of fun with my Polaroid last night, which now sounds creepy when I say it out loud. <laughs> so and it's going to get creepier. What do you mean when you say you had fun with your Polaroid last night? So. Last night being Halloween. Halloween. Uh, so every trick-or-treater who came over, they were in costumes of various kinds, with their permission, as well as whatever uh, attending adult was there, mm-hmm. I asked if I could take their Polaroid, and then I would give them the picture. Oh, neat. Yeah. So I went through two and a half packs. So I, that means we had roughly 25 people mm-hmm. or groups of trick-or-treaters come up. Parents really got in it like, oh, my God. Um yeah, it was cool. It's kind of one of those things like, I think I want to do this every year, as long as I can keep affording Polaroid film. But it was neat. It was really cool. Cool. Yeah, it was a lot of fun on Saturday. Yeah, I always forget that I have it, and then I never know, like, are people going to be like, oh, fuck, here comes Aaron with this goddamn Polaroid again. I, I was annoyed because I had specifically put the film that you gave me mm-hmm. on the table. I was like, I'm putting this here so I don't forget. I'm gonna bust out the camera because I have a new new vintage Polaroid uh, for 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 Saturday. And then when things got cleaned up, that got put somewhere else, and I forgot about it until kind of late in the evening. Mm. So not yeah. as many pictures were taken as I would have liked. 
Yeah, I left some at your place, I think. Yeah, there's green like four ones. of yours, uh, the green ones. Yeah. Uh, your camera's janky, too. I think it needs a good working over. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Anyway. I did figure out the flash, though. Ah! <laughs> He's a billy goat. Oh, sorry. <laughs> He's a billy goat? Yeah. Okay. Oh, Homicide of Carico is talking about the crossword murders. Oh, my God. How yeah. is that a thing? I don't know. It's like you, you know, fucking Angela Lansbury showed up. You knew someone was going to die. You're like, oh, shit. Here she is. Someone's <laughs> kicking it. Um, so, what is... so we know what you did on Halloween. What did you do on Halloween? Did yeah. You... Specifically Monday night? Yes. Oh, jack shit. I'm sorry. Um, I That is like unfestive of me, but I... Um, exhausted. I spent so many, like, work's been crazy, and then I spent, like, ten evenings working on part of my costume, and then, like, any time I host at my house, I spent all of Saturday cleaning and shopping and and choring, you know, to to get ready for, for the guests, such that once the festivities began... I was too tired to stand. So, <laughs> and, then, and then, of course, we stay up late because it's a party. Uh, yeah. So I slept like 11, 12 hours Sunday night. And then I went home after work on Monday and I just just, just melted into my couch. Yeah. And handed out candy once, I think. I this thought you'd the... get more in your neighborhood. So here's the thing is... Uh, You're I've like been... a right proper neighborhood. This is my... This was my fifth Halloween in that house. And the first two Halloweens um, were um, we we always go to a party. We always go to a Halloween party, right? And then and then pandemic. So we good thing that's over, right? Uh, even still, I think we weren't home Halloween evening. But I put out. I I made an entire graveyard of paper bags in my yard. Paper bags full of candy and little toys decorated like little headstones. I probably put out like 25 uh, goodie bags and I was worried that they wouldn't be enough. Less than half of them were taken. Huh. Yeah. And so this year, I think there were, I think Christian said there was one set of kids that knocked, there was like five of them. And I know I gave out candy to one set of three kids. Cheesy Pete. And that was it for the rest of the night. I don't know if it's my neighborhood or... And I thought your neighborhood would have way more kids going around. I'm right up the street from a middle school. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe there's like other stuff that goes on in that neighborhood that is a bigger attraction than just traditional door-to-door trick-or-treating. Maybe. Hmm. Like our neighborhood, the street over... Which is Taylor Street. I didn't know. So one of the houses at Taylor Street, near what used to be Taylor Court Market, it's soon to be a Mexican restaurant. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Sunday chilaquiles. Mm. Mm. Anyway, the house next to them, they go out every year. Like, they go bonkers. In fact, they run a Facebook page called, like, (gasps) Haunters of Montevilla. And they have a different theme in their front yard every single year. So like two years ago, it was the upside down. Year before that, it was just long-haired ghost girls. And this year, it was all pumpkins. Like they had the giant 12-foot pumpkin skeleton. Oh, wow. Um, animatronic skeleton, or pumpkin skeletons and ghosts on like seesaws. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Um, they get the city to block off all of that section of Taylor Street. That's cool. And then they line perp- they line orange lit up bags all along the sidewalks. Apparently, that's to say, like, if you see an orange bag or an orange light out front, that is a house that's giving out candy. So we got, like, spillovers from that, people who would glance down our street. Because our street is just filled with fuddy-duddies and racists. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought those were the same person. No, fuddy-duddies are just boring. They're fuddy-duddy, but not a racist. Aggressive. No, no, I specifically meant that one person that's on your street that mm. I know is a racist is also the fuddy-duddy. But you have multiple fuddy-duddies in your neighborhood? Fuddy-duddies can be lighthearted, you know? It's like yeah. it's not necessarily a crime or hurtful to be a fuddy-duddy. It's just kind of a bummer. But... Yeah, like, so she, there's a... there's a and beyond this. Yes, there's a woman across the street from us that bought that duplex. Um, She's very nice. She knows when the Portland lights are on, she's welcome to pop over. That's the rule of Portland. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's kind of a fuddy-duddy. Okay. I think she's just of that age where if she's going out, it's with the girls or with her own, And then they come home. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she's kind of a fuddy-duddy. I... And it's a brick house they painted white, so. <laughs> Don't paint brick houses. No. Don't. Um, I have to live vicariously through y'all because I. Because you don't live in any. You don't get anything. I live in Old Town Chinatown. It is one hundred percent a neighborhood. Yes, it is not a neighborhood that any trick or treats in. No. Um, and you don't have a big enough building with enough kids where it's like lobby trick or treating or no trunk trick or treating. No. Like Are there it. any children in your building? Yes. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Because mm. capitalism. Forces families to live in studio apartments. Oh, oh, wow, hey, yep. man, that's rough. That is super rough. Yep, capitalism. Yeah, really it certainly makes me feel a lot better about having to share my bedroom until I was fifteen. I guess that's also a cultural thing. I think. Um, maybe, probably. Yeah, I just know I hated it. Now, my sisters shared a bedroom until I think my stepsister was, my stepsister and I were probably 14 or 15. Mm. It's Never. just that that's when my parents bought a home is when I was 15. Ah. And so we lived in two bedroom apartments until then. Never had to share a bedroom with a sibling. Uh, I gave up my bigger bedroom when I got into high school. I was like, I'm literally just sleeping. I'm not doing anything else. So, like, one weekend, I was like, let's swap rooms. So, that was pretty cool. Cool. Yeah. But that's the extent of how that ever went down. So, yeah. There you go. This is all true. Yep. But, yeah, October was... I didn't watch as many scary movies as I usually do. I didn't either. Yeah. It was It was kind of a little... Yeah, it was kind of a bummer. The I ones did... I saw were good. So, there's that. That was how we ended. That was what... America and I did was we watched a horror movie on Halloween. Right. That's what I did all day Sunday. And mm. and Monday night when I stayed home. Um, did you guys have any favorites? Uh, Barbarian was a big favorite of mine. Yeah. Yes, that was really good. I yeah. 
I'm so glad that you told us to go in blind and like not know what to expect. Oh yeah, that was a fucking movie, wasn't also, it? Also, how would you even explain that to someone who is thinking about watching it? <laughs> All this to say, if you guys haven't already seen Barbarian, you should, but we can't tell you any more about it. Yeah, just go see it. It's a fucking movie. Yeah, go see it for sure. Um, although with Barbarian, can we officially call Justin Long a scream queen and or an actual final girl? Sure. Because that dude is in all of these movies now. Yep. You know, there's this one, Tusk. He technically survives Tusk. Drag Me to Hell. Mm-hmm. He survives that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's others that I'm completely missing. Um. He's done a lot. He's done more than I, I thought. Because I just know him. Oh, shit. Jeepers Creepers. Yeah. Um, yeah, I forgot. He was in Live Free or Die Hard. But yeah, he has done a lot. That movie is so bad. It's so, so bad. But yeah, Drag Me to Hell. Um, yeah, he's officially a Scream Queen with all the stuff that he has done. That dude stays busy. Busier, I think, than people think that he does. Um. So yeah, definitely check him out. Yeah, and for as weird as Barbarian is, like it also has solid acting performances. Mm-hmm. Justin Long definitely turns in a performance where you he makes you feel things. Yeah. Yes, I, I, I absolutely, 100% bought his character. Yeah. His performance of that character. Yep. Um, and all the, the truths and half-truths and lies that he told himself to other people. Oh, mm-hmm. man, it was so good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was really good about that. Um, I watched a bunch of older 80s Drek <laughs> um, earlier in the month. Like, like I watched things uh, like I rewatched um oh what was that uh, One Dark Night which I watched for the first time as a kid and for some reason thought that movie was Mausoleum and I have looked up Mausoleum <laughs> I've never seen Mausoleum <laughs> One Dark Night takes place in a mausoleum Okay it's Jennifer Tilly's first horror movie It oh, might shit. be Jennifer Tilly's first movie Also stars Adam West Wait, why does IMDb say Meg Tilly? Meg, Meg Tilly. What did I say? Jennifer, Jennifer Tilly. Jennifer Tilly. I Not only, Jennifer Tilly. I didn't know there was another Meg. Tilly. There is another Tilly. There's Jennifer Tilly. I only knew about Jennifer Tilly. I did not know about Meg Tilly. Never heard her name before today. Really? Yeah. Child's Play. Bride of Chucky. Bride of Chucky. I thought those were um, all Jennifer Tilly. No, that's Meg. No, that's Jennifer Tilly. That's those Jennifer? are Jennifer Tilly. Yeah. Wait. Oh, found is also got... Jennifer Tilly. Yep. Then I've got my Tillys confused. Oh, I've confused my Tillys. The other thing I watched on Shutter was the top 100 horror movie moments. Oh, um, and they finally did the final episode just a few days ago. Um, I think it's eight episodes total, an hour each one. And yeah, they do like, yeah, they kind of run the. They don't just do like the scariest movies ever. But they they'll like set, they'll find different types of scenes and make a theme around that. So like, you know, one episode is kind of dedicated to slashers hmm. and of like why we find the appeal to slashers. And like most lists, when they get to the top ten, 
you're, you kind of know what's going to be there. Like the exorcist is going to be there. Yep. Kind of thing. But they had a lot more modern shows than I expected or modern movies. Like they had like, you know, the haunting of Hill house with the vent neck lady about how that was a surprise. Um, one of the episodes is about the art of the jump scare. And it always, number one, that always comes down to the fucking Exorcist 3, the nurse station. I don't, I've never seen an Exorcist It is I have either. a tediously long shot because William Peter Blatty directed it and he wrote, or yeah, he wrote the novel The Exorcist. Okay. And it's down a long corridor and it's a, a, a mental hospital. Down a long corridor also sounds like a horror movie. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah, it's a good one. And this nurse is like this one, you know, overnight nurse, night shift nurse. She's checking on random things, going over a clipboard. And the camera never moves. You see a couple cops because there's a serial killer that's in a padded room mm-hmm. that you find out eventually has been possessed by the same demon that was in The Exorcist. Uh, Pazuzu or whatever. But it's so tedious. Like the two cops that are watching him come in, they talk to her. It's all done with in-scene sound. So you hear like the hall echo or when someone drops a paper coffee cup. And it goes on for like two minutes. And then there's a part where she goes to one end of the screen and a patient yells at her. And you're like, oh, fuck, that was it. Like, I can't fucking sleep in here. And you're like, okay, that was it. Then she goes back to the center of the hallway and you begin to hear like weird clinking noises and she like freaks out. You find out all that is, is that it's just ice cracking in a thing of water. And she's like, Oh God, she goes back to the left side of the screen. And when she comes out, there's this like nun in a white gown coming out with garden shears and just, and just takes her head off. And it comes out of fucking no, even when you're ready for it. Cause they talk in the show. They're like, you're ready for it. If you know this scene and every single time it gets you Hmm. every time, like Edgar Wright was one of the talking heads and he was really good. So like Soho made it into like the top 30, Oh, okay. which I didn't know Soho was that dedicated of a horror film. One night in Soho. One night in Soho. Yeah. I need to watch that myself. I haven't either. There's a lot of movies I forgot about uh, throughout the course of this year, but I did a little bit of catching up. Uh, I watched Jordan Peele's Nope, finally. Damn fine movie. That was great. Damn fine movie. Yes. That monkey's real, by the way. The story of the... Is it? Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's based on a real story. I forgot to check. I was curious about that. Because I I do know that chimps are quite dangerous. Also, I want a Kiki Palmer-led rogue movie yesterday. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Which one's Kiki Palmer? She was the sister. She's the... Oh, okay. Yeah. She was... uh, her Halloween costume yesterday was rogue. That's awesome. And she's running around in a rogue costume, and I'm like, oh, yeah, there, that. That's the movie I want. It's awesome. It's weird. I feel like I super know her name, but I I don't. I can't think of anything I've seen her in. Like, I don't feel like I've seen her in that many things. Uh, I know she's on Legendary, that drag ballroom competition mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even now, I'm, like, pulling up her... You know, her CV, and I'm like, I haven't seen hardly any, like, almost none of this. Uh, she's also in Lightyear. She mm. does a lot of voice acting. Oh, shit, I forgot for her rogue costume, she did stuff in front of a green screen. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's oh, cool. cool. Uh, and I also watched, uh, speaking of Jordan Peele, I also watched The New Candyman. 
What did you think of that? I liked it. I, I liked it. You really have to have knowledge of the first one I, for it to work as well. You know what's funny is after I watched it, I played the trailers for uh, Candyman 2 and 1. Because uh, apparently there were three. I don't even. There were three. The, I didn't remember there were being there there being any sequels. Yeah. But, um, there was Farewell to the Flesh. Yeah, that might have been one, one or two. Um, watching the trailers, I recognized more scenes from Candyman Two than the first one. Hmm. But I did pick up on all of the references that they were making in this new one. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like a sequel, but it can just be its own story. So if you've never yeah. seen any of the other Candymans or don't remember anything like me, you will still really enjoy it. It's got some really cool effects. A um, little bit of jump scare stuff. Uh, a moderate amount of body horror, which I am like really recognizing I cannot handle. I don't know, like, when that started or or yeah. what, but, like, I can watch just about anything as long as it doesn't involve, like, I don't know, body. Which Candyman does a lot of. So yes. I'm, I'm st- going to be oh, sitting no. in those movies alone is what you're saying. <laughs> and real no, quickly. No, I just, sometimes I just can't watch. I'm just like, no. Nope, Jordan Peele have... produced and co-wrote. Yeah, he didn't direct. He didn't direct it. It was Nia DaCosta who directed it. Oh, yep. thank you. I just I knew he was involved, but I know mm-hmm. I knew it wasn't like his, uh, like all him. For Which that is one. important to note because Tanoa Paris is in Candyman. She also became uh, what is the character's name? Photon. Yeah, Photon. The the her civilian name. Maria Rambo. Maria. Yeah. Monica. Monica. Monica Rambo. So she's Monica Rambo. Nia DaCosta is directing the next Captain Marvel movie. Ah, okay. Oh, the Marvels. Yes. Yeah. Because, it, so she has worked with Tanoa Paris before. I, I thought she looked familiar, but I, I didn't place her, and I didn't want really oh, yeah. to get spoiled on anything, so I didn't look her up at the time. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, I... Mm. That first Candyman really did a number on me, too. The original? The original. The music, those slow aerial shots over Caprini Green. I watched it when I did not appreciate what Candyman was. Like, my introduction to horror... Okay, my introduction really to horror was The Incredible Melting Man. (laughs) Um like, I had to get out of my 20s to get to a point where I understood what horror was and what it was doing and why it was good. Okay. Um, so, like, I saw Candyman when it came out, and I'm like, yeah, okay, this isn't all that scary. And it's only now that I can watch it and go, oh. That simple piano theme. I know what they're doing. You know that. Yeah, yeah I, I got, uh, like, the day before your party... I got my uh, Scream Factory annual shopping spree. Your stack of steel yeah. cases kind of thing? Didn't get steel cases, but got a bunch of Blu-rays that were all on sale, which included The Thing. Nice. The John Carpenter, The Thing. Yeah. Uh, Bubba Hotep. I love that movie. And the the original Candyman. Okay. Um, the movie that started all that off, though, that I went, oh, I have to have that. And they finally have it in stock. I'm buying it now before I, it slips out of my fingers was Motherfucking Brotherhood of the Wolf. Yeah. Oh, I love that movie so much. I can't wait to rewatch that. Um, it but, runs a little long for me now. Does it? I remember in the theater, too, I thought, like, we still got, like, half an hour to go. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, Brotherhood of the Wolf stars no one, no one, no one, Monica Bellucci, no one, Vincent Castle, no one, no one, and uh, Mark Dacascos. <laughs> yeah, it was not a super well-known cast. It was a very French film also. Uh, also, uh, Jeremy Renier, which I guess is like the, the Jeremy Renner counterpart. He's like the, the He's French got the big nose. Jeremy Renner. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, He's got kind of like a really longish nose. Yeah, it, yeah. He's in Ocean's Twelve. Everyone wanted him to play the Joker for the longest time. Mm. Yeah, I've never seen Brotherhood of the Wolf. No one has. Very oh, f- like, like it's it debuted here at Fox. Remember when Fox Tower was just for like yes. Sundance movies? Uh-huh. That's where we I, we saw that, and we saw the Marquis de Sade movie with Jeffrey Rush. Oh wow! Within okay. like a week, which is funny because the Marquis de Sade's writings works in heavily in Brotherhood of the Wolf. Yeah. Uh, the Beast of Gendarme. Brotherhood of the Wolf is one of those movies that you either saw it or you have no idea what the hell anyone is talking about. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, like, so, uh, like, watching the original Candyman now, it's like, oh, this is so good and mm-hmm. so, like, everything about it to, like, we also look at things like, uh, um, uh, what the hell, the, the lead character who is this... Good-natured, wants to do something good, white woman going into... Virginia Madsen? Yeah, Virginia Madsen going into the projects Mm. and it going horribly, horribly wrong. Horribly wrong. On many levels. Um, Um, Yeah, the scene they showed for Candyman on that Shutter series... First off, Tony Todd's one of the talking heads, and I can listen to Tony Todd speak all day long. he's great. Yeah. Um, But he talks about the scene in the parking garage... You know, when he's like, Helen. He's like, parking garages are creepy to begin with. Yes, they are. But that's when he has the whole be my victim. Yep. And I think that's the scene where he kisses her, where he really did have a mouthful of bees. He's like, I'm from the theater. I, if you tell me this is what's supposed to happen, I... Oh he's my like sometimes God. Not, he's like sometimes if I think about it I can feel them moving in my mouth still. Ooh. But yeah, the mouthful of bees was a thing that really happened. I mean, they probably smoked the bees first, but that's crazy. Because remember, he just opens his mouth and they just they just kind of come oh, yeah. out of him. I also really appreciated that they they brought in people from they brought in Tony Todd, they brought in Virginia Madsen just for audio, but um, sure, yeah. Again, like they they really connected the the thread between the the first movie. I I can't really speak for the other two, but that first movie and this new story. Yeah, I don't think I ever watched two or three. I saw Farewell to the Flesh. Farewell to the Flesh, um, this only matters to music nerds, has a really good score. Mm. Really, really good. And then they did Day of the Dead, which is not good at all. Is that the third one? Yeah. I I didn't watch the trailer for that one, but like I said, I, re- I, I feel like I remember more about number two than number one. So I, I think at some point I'll probably go back and watch them all again. Um but you're, you're right. They did do a great job tying the up that through line from the original Candyman to the Nia DaCosta one, where it's like, oh, you're the kid. You're the kid. For, you're the baby from Cabrini Green. Yeah. Son of a bitch. Yeah. Spoilers. It's been out for two years, yeah, folks. And, and the original one, you see that baby pretty quickly in the movie. Yep. In 1991. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was... Very much primed for Candyman. A, um, I knew way too much about the Bloody Mary urban legend. 
and was convinced I have experienced it before in grammar school, in elementary school. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then when it came out, I used to stay at my grandparents' house for like the weekend because they lived in town. And I would bike everywhere so I didn't have to do a six-mile bike down a mountain to visit friends to go play the Star Wars RPG. <laughs> and um, both of their bedrooms, their bedroom and their second bedroom, they had the closet doors of mirrors. Oh, yeah. Okay. And so there was like no escaping a mirror in their house. And Ugh. I'm just like, and mirrors creep me out to begin with. You know, A, body shame issues and mirrors are just freaky to me. I just, I don't like to look into them very much. Hmm. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I have this whole thing about like, what if it's someone in another dimension doing the exact same thing you are right now? Mm-hmm. But mirrors. That's fair. Yeah. And they just creep me out. Um, so I was very much primed for Candyman and it like left a massive impression on me. Um, so yeah. I definitely watched it when I was too young, but I've always, I enjoy, I I always liked it. Um, it's probably where I first developed my appreciation of Tony Todd. Mm -hmm. Um, so I had been very excited for this movie and then I just got sidetracked. Yep. So I was, I, I, I enjoyed it. I'm glad I finally got to it. Yeah. It's good. And then, yeah, Tony Todd had some fun in the Final Destination films. Yes, he did. That also made the list, I think, the second one, because the second one is the logging truck on the highway. Yep. Is it? I thought that was the first one. First one's a plane. It's first a class a trip. Um, I'm sorry. I'm going to give a shout out to uh, a couple of friends of mine who also run a, a horror podcast. Um, this may hurt a bit. I've heard of that one. Yeah. Um, it's uh, John C. Myers and uh, James Strayer. They specifically do entire runs of horror movies with sequel after sequel after sequel. So they'll hit an entire franchise. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They they started with uh, Friday the 13th and then followed that with Phantasm and most recently just finished off the Final Destination <laughs> movies. Wow. Um, they're great. They're great. Those first, that first two movie, the the kills were like they gave you the setup because that's the thing. They're yeah. like, hey, look, this is what's going to do it. But I remember the first two movies, the kills were they were they were a lot, and then it just got goofy. Yep. I feel you know. like if anything goes beyond three films, they they really jump the shark in terms of like. What the villain is capable of, or whether or not the villain is in space now. Right. I, I think it, it sometimes depends. Like that's one of the things that I like about their podcast. And again, I am sick to death of listening to white guys talk about movies, <laughs> any kind, in any any format. So for me to go out of my way, even for friends to listen to two white guys talk about horror movies. You have to be doing something special about it. Oh, so that's um, a, that is a, a, a strong endorsement. Yes. Like, I, I wouldn't – I'm friends with them. I wouldn't endorse them if I didn't like what they do. Yeah. So, but like, if you've been friends with me for a long time, you know that. Mm-hmm. Like, I may support you. If I support you that publicly, that means you're also doing something good. <laughs> that's why I always have supported Aaron and all the stuff that he does. Ah, uh, thanks. Um because it's good. <laughs> um, but yeah, like that's oh, they do talk about uh, like in Final Destination where it goes, they go too far away from what it should be. Yeah. Like 
and they talk about how number two is probably their favorite because of the kills in it and the, mm-hmm. the things that they do in it. Tony Todd is the through line through all of them. He's essentially a death. Yep. You cannot escape him. Yep. They hated five up until the twist at the end. And then they're like, oh, well, okay, that's fine. What was the twist? I don't remember. Number five is a prequel. Oh. Is that, that's the twist? That, that is the twist. Oh. Okay. I only because remember having seen it. It ends two, with maybe. talking about the flight that is about to happen in the first movie. Oh, right. Yeah, that flight scene at the beginning of the first one's unsettling if you have an issue with flying. Yeah, mm. and they could never do that again now. Like, that that's a... No, they won't. That was a pre-9-11 movie. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you see partying on a plane as it's yep. taking off. Like, it's one of those things. Um, but yeah, the logging truck in number two. Yep, is, they, they Especially if you grew up with those kinds of fucking logging <laughs> in, trucks. In Oregon? Yeah. Yeah, Northern California? Yep. Yeah. Um, trucks. Mm-hmm. They're scary. Oh, yeah. I, I was not used to those when I moved yeah. here. Um, then, yeah, every now and then on the road. Oh, that's the one I'm thinking of. It's not the logging truck, but there's one where they're, like, behind a truck with a bunch of pipes. And so... Uh, that's uh, The Descent. The Descent? Mm-hmm. What? They're, uh, the, some of the, the women are about, they're driving behind a car with a bunch of pipes. Mm-hmm. That's in the first five minutes because the 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 wife of the husband is killed because a pipe goes through her because it goes through the windshield, and then all the women get back together a year later and be like, "We're gonna go on this di- we're gonna go on this caving in her honor because they're all cavers." Mm-hmm. So that one opens with a yeah, like a pipe through the, through the head or whatever. Um. Oh, yeah. Yep. Look at those pipes. Yeah. Yep. Pipes through cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we ended up sitting around watching the uh, uh, Trick or Treat for our Halloween. Oh, I love that movie so much. I forgot how much I loved it. Like, it's I so knew wonderful. that I loved it, but I, I picked That's that. a good spin on werewolves. <laughs> it yeah. is. Yeah. We watched... And we also – it was also the uh, Scream Factory Blu-ray, so we watched all the special features at the end. Mm-hmm. And one, I keep forgetting, like, that uh, Mike Doherty is also the director of Krampus. Yes. And that the motherfuckers only directed three movies. Yeah, I think he's been a cinematographer or something. Screenwriter. Screenwriter. Yeah, he got screwed over by Brian Singer, kind of. Sort of. Yep. Because Brian Singer was like, "This is my friend. He's got a horror movie idea." So Warner Brothers was going to get Trick or Treat a theatrical cut release, and when Superman Returns bombed, they punished Dowerty. Yep. Basically, and then it went out on Warner Brothers Select, and it became like Warner Brothers best-selling DVD for the year when it finally came out because it's like. No, this is the Halloween movie. Yeah, it was saved by like he goes into that um, in one of the interviews, which I found fascinating. It was great to watch that and go, "Oh, mm-hmm. this is I." I'm glad that they put these things together so that you can watch these interviews with these people. Um, like he talks about the fact that the the main reason that Trick or Treat has the cult following that it does. Is because it got screened 
at a single. Um, it was a, one of the good things that Harry Knowles did. When it was button-a-thons? Yes, the 24-hour yeah. um, movie marathon, and it was the last movie, and everyone who came out of that went, the fuck was that? That was amazing. Yeah. What, where do we find this? When, when does it come out? And it should have had a... I mean, we're at peak Anna Paquin True Blood, too, when this movie drops. So that was just like, we're why... pre. Is it pre? It came out in 2007. True Blood started in 2008. Oh, well, shit on me. Yeah. No, like we did we did all of this deep dive yesterday as we were watching this going, when did this come out? Wait, this was before True Blood? Oh, this is amazing. Yeah. It's got Sam. Sam's my favorite. Fuck, I didn't know that was a fucking kid. Yeah. Sam was a seven-year-old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was amazing. <laughs> he's got my favorite. <gasps> Uh-huh. When the what's her name blows out the the pumpkins and yep. his wife he goes, no ah. no he can't do that. Uh, like the kid's now in his twenties, but sure, yeah. He he was the peeping tom kid in the when the werewolves are are oh and they're talking up. about the yep. la- the people they banged last year. Yeah, so he's and she's still like yours on- was a woman. She's like who cares? She had a great ass. Yeah, so yeah. she she still has like he still has an on screen moment with his real face, but yeah. And it's like, I get it. I get why it, that happened. But the, And there are all sorts of things. Like, Warner Brothers also had a problem with the fact. It's like, yeah, this is a great movie. We're not quite sure how to market it. Also, did you just kill a bunch of kids? Oh, yeah. Oh, the bus? Not home. just the bus. The home. Gotta the, go home. Yep. The kids on the bus get killed. You've seen Trick or Treat, yes, yeah? Yes, yes. You remember the vampire kid on the bus? Anyone who hangs out with me is gonna watch trick-or-treat there's a kid on the bus with a vampire mask that's richard fucking Harmon from the 100 oh shit which one's richard Harmon? he he's the guy that's always undermining everybody oh that little weasel yeah, yeah. that oh, guy that's i the did fucking not make vampire. that connection it's because you never see his face yeah. i was looking through it last night and went no shit kind <laughs> of brian cox is just wonderful in that movie and he talks about the fact that his look for that movie was an homage to John Carpenter. I could totally see that. He he said on screen, he's like, no, I wanted, it's like, I really, I had met John at a party years ago. I love what he's done for the genre. I wanted to do an homage to him. So I asked for a thin nose and scraggly hair. Like I, I wanted to do a guy that looked like John Carpenter. I'm like, that's amazing, Brian Cox. You're awesome. <laughs> That's so great. Um, God, yeah, that has so many amazing scenes. And Dylan Baker just being nuts. <laughs> yeah, and the young woman, she's not an actor. I don't think she's acting anymore. Who's the witch, the little kid? Oh, she's like, yeah, it's yeah, called, yeah, It's called Samhain. Yep. And I love at the very end when she leaves the other kids to die. Yeah. Be murdered by the zombie kids on the bus. The little wave she gives Sam from the elevator, and he goes, and then he just runs off. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, no, they're they're kindred spirits. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Sam is definitely one of my favorite Halloween and horror movie figures <laughs> so that have great. come out. Like, he definitely is right up there with uh, Michael and Freddy and Jason and, yeah. and Candyman as far as recognizability. It's like, oh, yeah. It's great. He made him in fucking college. Like, Sam was his... uh, Oh, really? Yeah. He created a... uh, 
an animated short, hand-drawn, called Season's Greetings that was starred Sam. Mm. So he's been sitting with this character since college. Yes, wow. and, and I think Sci-Fi at one time has shown some of the shorts. Because they've done, like, whatever, yep. 31 Days of Halloween, or, like, Sam's, like, at every holiday. and Yeah, the the special edition... The uh, the special uh, Blu-ray mm-hmm. has the that short from his college thesis on it, which nice. he did like ten years before the movie came out. Hmm. So that's how long he's been sitting with it. Wow, it's fascinating. Trick or Treat Two is in development. Yeah, uh, it's there was been a development forever. It has been, but it is now on his IMDb as okay. in development. Uh, there was a time. Uh, when Bob Shrek ran Legendary Comics, oh yeah, that I was going to get to pitch the Trick or Treat comic. That would have been cool. Yeah, I don't even think Legendary Comics exists anymore, I, other than as an entity. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was done. Yeah, and then I'm trying to find. I did watch Halloween Ends. It's very divisive. That was one of our options, and then we're like, oh, I have to pay for this on Peacock. Let's watch Trick or Treat. I did this. <laughs> so I have like four days left in my trial week or something. Okay. Um, I feel like Jamie Lee Curtis got kind of the short end of the stick with Laurie Strode. I wanted their fight to be more at the end. Okay. Um, I just – I really wanted it to be more. Um. There's like a whole passing of the evil entity. At least that's the vibe that we're given that Michael Myers passes his evil on to somebody else. Um, Mm. Yeah. Um, It's not bad. I mean, the first, mainly because they all had themes, but this one doesn't seem to have one. Like the first Halloween, the newer ones. Is very much a survivor's movie. Sure. Uh, domestic violence, a survivor film. Halloween Kills, I think, is more about town paranoia. Halloween Ends, just for me, doesn't have a theme at all to it. I still enjoyed it. Um, yeah, Norm, you're right. Um, nothing. Yeah, it's good. I saw nothing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to mute you while you're Thanks. doing that then. But the thing I found out from the director, yeah, he came very close to doing this, and I would have given him all the chef's kiss. He almost gave Halloween Ends the Halloween 3 season of The Witch ending. See, and I've never seen Halloween 3, so tell me. Halloween 3 is what Carpenter, because Carpenter always imagined Halloween being an anthology series. Mm-hmm. That's what he always wanted it to be. And three is a complete breakaway, Season of the Witch. Yeah. Um, so we get the, you know, happy, happy Halloween, Halloween. Only two more weeks, kids. Um, that's how he was going to end Halloween Ends, was with those masks that make people's face melt. Oh. And I was like, he, he apparently he was he thought long and hard of like, we can do that ending. It'll be great. You know, and it would have been great. Not as good as Buster Rhymes. Uh, drop kicking Michael Myers. God damn it! Because you know, peace be upon you know, Mister Rhymes. That movie was fucking ridiculous. What was that H two O two? Because it was after H two O. Yes, it was after H two O. 
I feel like it was Halloween Resurrection. That's what it was called. Okay. I think. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'm going to believe you. Yes, it was Resurrection. Ha <laughs> ha! Um, yeah, it was dumb. I Oh, man, that movie it was, was dumb. dumb. I remember liking H2O. Uh, but again, being disappointed at what they went. Because I feel like in H2O, Laurie Strode, she's a teacher. Yep. And they lean in hard into the Frankenstein myth of creating her own monster that becomes more than you can control and staring into the abyss. Because it ends with Michael Myers like pinned under a bus, his body slumped over a trunk. Uh-huh. And she takes an axe and I was like... Oh, and the way she was, she's like, Michael, you know, I've, this is all, you've been my whole life. Uh, I really thought she was going to take the mask and put it on. Like, just doing the whole message, three, like, 360. Like, mm-hmm. take his head off, put the mask on, and walk off into the woods. I was like, oh, ballsy. They didn't. They had to wait until Buster arrives. Yeah, and I recently, I, I think... Earlier this year, I rewatched, I rewatched H2O and watched Halloween Resurrection, and boy, they're both bad. Like, they're, H2O is not good. Um, yeah, I mean, in my memory, I'm going to let it stay there. That That's fair. I think the problem with it is, uh, what the fuck? Cool. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Norm Sorry. mentioned someone's excellent cosplay, and I wanted to look oh, at that. Oh, Taffeta? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think her partner went as somebody else from Trick or Treat. Hmm. Uh, and then the one right before that is uh, Dazzler. Oh, her Dazzler is great. There's a picture of us together with her as Dazzler at, I think, the Denver Con. Hmm. Um, with an expertly placed disco ball. Yes. She's very good at expertly placing things around her. <laughs> um, her. Yeah, her Sam is like the burlap sacks open. You can see the Sam uh-huh. face. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I keep trying to get her to go, her and her partner, to cosplay at a show as Kelly Sue and Fraction. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Whenever I see them, I'm like you know, you you guys could pull that off, and she's like, yeah, probably. Is she short and him tall? Yes. Oh yeah. Taffeta's like five four, if that, and her partner, he's a tallie. He's a I head think, taller. I think this is him. Hmm? He's a head taller yeah. than she is. It's not a. It's but not, sometimes it's she'll not wear like horn rim glasses, and he'll wear like a, like a up to his neck sweater, mm-hmm. and you'll see them pose together like it's American Gothic, and I'm like, oh my god, you you guys are you guys are Matt and Kelly Sue. That's hilarious. That's awesome. <laughs> um. So yeah, this is all true. You should check out Halloween 3. <laughs> back, to, back to movies. I do want to watch Halloween 3. That's the only one of the the entire series that I've never seen. Yep. It's one he did the music for. Uh, oh, it's a Dino De Laurentiis movie. or produced by... Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, Sam, Sam, you can't have one man in a cabin all day for a movie, Sam. That's from Evil Dead 2, because Dino De Laurentiis... Uh, was the production company for Evil Dead 2. And Dino De Laurentiis was notorious for not leaving the city he was in to visit a set. And at the time, I think he had an office in in Atlanta. Hmm. He's like, Sam, you can't shoot your field more than 20 miles away from Atlanta. Otherwise, I can't visit. Eh, Sorry, Dino. (laughs) 
Sam, I read your script. You have this one man by himself in a cabin for 70 pages. (laughs) Yep. He's like, you should have seen the original draft. It was just him in the cabin the whole time. (laughs) Um, And, of course, Deborah Hill produced Halloween 3. Because, remember, none of these happen without Deborah Hill. This is true. Yeah. In fact, you can make a pretty strong through line of when Carpenter drops off after when and Deborah Hill passes away. Before or after Ghosts of Mars? I think after. So she passed away in 2005. Oh, wow. Well, she co-wrote Escape from L.A., so nobody's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Producing does not a writer make. Yes. She did Halloween. She wrote Halloween, The Fog, Escape from New York, Halloween 2. Yeah, Escape from L.A. But she fucking produced The Fisher King, The Fog, World Trade Center, Adventures in Babysitting, Clue. In fact, I think somewhere out there you can buy a shirt that just says a film by Deborah Hill or produced by Deborah Hill. Nice. (laughs) I'd wear the hell out of that shirt. Yeah. Um, yeah. But when she was gone, he kind of dropped off there. I mean, he still has in many ways. He's he's there and he, he cashes checks. Yep. He'll write, he'll write some music, but he's like, nah, I'm good. Yep. Every time someone asks him, like, how do you feel about how your creation is treated? Like Michael Myers. He's like, every time that dude shows up on TV, I get a fat check in the mail. Yep. So like, can, I'm fine. So he can fucking play his video games and eat his fried chicken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. um, yeah. What a, what a genius. Fucking Buster Rhymes. What other good movies did we see? What, or I'm did tr- you I've see really bad ones? Um, well, I'll be right back. So, yeah. Oh, I but definitely... I screen off. Wa- yeah, don't yeah, do don't that. T- don't touch it. I definitely no watched something. Uh, and we watched the whole thing. And... Uh, and then at the end of it, Christian and I looked at each other like, eh. And I was like, oh, if I had known you weren't enjoying it, I would have said, let's change it <laughs> ages ago. It wasn't very long, but I was like, I thought you were super into it, so I just kept watching. I really wish I could remember. <laughs> and, and he probably thought the same thing. He's like, oh, I thought you were into it. That's why. Uh, mm. um, I know I was even trying to look up like my watch history. Um while we were talking, but I couldn't find it. I had to put together a, an Excel spreadsheet that I'm still working through. Like, there are other... What are some of these others? Let's see. Uh, humanoids from the Deep. That was bad. It sounds bad. It, it was I'm, from I'm 1980. Good. There was a... Uh, it, like I, I remember the tagline being something about it's like they kill the men and rape the women. It's like, okay, is that your whole thing? That that was the whole thing. They they killed the men and raped the women, and then they killed the women. That sounds bad. Yeah, it it was. It's a neat concept and feels very Lovecraftian, but they went very exploitive, exploitative with mm-hmm. it. Um. There's a uh, prom night, which is another Jamie Lee Curtis movie, um, with a twist. Someone's taking peanuts. Um, that was also 1980. Um, 
What else? I, know, I wish I could remember. There's uh, Slumber Party Massacre, which fascinates me in that it feels like it's a traditional exploitative 80s movie with co-eds, except it's written by a woman and directed by a woman. Mm-hmm. And the sequel was written by a woman and directed by a woman. Yep. And then the third movie was written by a woman and directed by a woman. It's like... I feel like we've talked about that one before. I, I think I brought up that like I <clears> want <throat> to dive into that a little more. Uh, there's the original Sleepaway Camp, which is... Needs to be seen, but is also problematic. <laughs> and depending on who is viewing, I would give them the spoiler uh, with caveats. Um, so they don't get to the end and go, the fuck did you make me watch, dude? What movie? Sleepaway Camp. Oh, okay. Um, ah, Christian showing up with the assist. Uh, the one that we watched and then we're like... Looked at each other, realized we didn't have, we didn't need to have finished the whole movie. Was one called "We're All Going to the World's Fair." Uh, I've never heard of this movie. It, yeah, um, and it's clearly apparently not it's good. A, apparently it's a it, well, it's allegedly some sort of a film fest darling. Allegedly, uh, so I don't think it has a big release, and it's all filmed in. Um, not not found footage, but it's it's this young girl who has essentially like a YouTube channel, and so all the footage is of her doing recordings that she's ostensibly uploading to the internet, and it's also a little bit of that. Um, well, not a little bit. The plot is it's one of those, you know, internet trends. So, oh, the or the World's Fair is this. The, like we're we're going to the World's Fair is this this. Thing that people are doing on like the dark web and so you have to <laughs> do the challenge and the challenge involves like <laughs> stabbing yourself in the finger to give some blood and then repeating into the camera i want to go to the world's fair like three to five times you know huh. classically hmm. um and then you're just supposed to keep uh reporting back with any symptoms that's it that's like that's the whole setup and so then it's her, like, watching videos of other people reporting what, what they're experiencing. Um, and she's recording herself and talking about whether or not she feels anything. And it just... And then she just got kind of weird. At, at some point, she just starts acting kind of weird. And I... I was very underwhelmed. I, just, huh. I didn't feel like there was enough story. I didn't feel like it was compelling in, a, in any sort of, like, visual... Or or storytelling way, um, yeah. I just like I don't even have that much to say about it. That's how underwhelming it was. Sounds like it, man. Yeah, no kidding. Sorry. <clears throat> Norm keeps saying he keeps harping on interview the vampire. I, I know. I did intend to watch that this weekend. Did you get AMC Plus? No, I would have like signed up for the freak trial or whatever. Mm. Um, but instead, I ended up watching all these other movies that we talked about. Um, I also watched X. That I still need to see, which the is Ty this, West movie, which is the middle in his porn horror trilogy. West? I do believe the movie Pearl takes place before X. 
I think Pearl happens or it is is more recent. I think it's out in theaters now, but it is in fact a prequel. It's it's I th- I, I assume it's based on a character that that is in the Pearl, movie X. Pearl was in theaters, it's now streaming. Yeah. Ah, okay. So um it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Yes, it, it it is very porn centric, but I don't consider that like a no, a, that, a problem. It's, it's because that's it's, what that's what he's doing, though. Yeah, that's the theme of the movie is they're making a porn, mm-hmm. and then it's a horror movie. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much the story. Yep. Um, I still want to watch the other one that I see up on your screen there, Black Phone. I want to watch that more than I want to watch. Good. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Oh, that's another yeah, Bloomhouse breakaway. Yeah. I did not. It didn't seem good in the trailers, so I never really I never got an interest. Oh, the trailer got me. Like, the first trailer I watched, I'm like, okay. You said the words horror and even hawk, I'm in. It's, yeah. Um, That's also the one that reminded me of how good of a performer or performances Ethan Hawke turns in. Oh, yeah. When he's inspired by the script and the story. It's fucking solid. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, And then one of the other ones that I watched that was good was... uh, called Goodnight Mommy and it is it is a 2022 but it is a, a remake of a 2014 Austrian film mm-hmm. and it's about these twin brothers and the dad has just dropped them off with their with their mom so clearly there's a, a, a separation and a, a shared custody situation going on and it's I don't think that they actually said how long it had been, but it is implied that the boys have not seen or been with their mother in some time. And when they arrive, she's got this, um, like, a mesh mask. She says she's just had a procedure done and she needs to leave it on. And the the movie proceeds. They're, they're having their stay. And she's acting very strangely. And the boys start to suspect that this woman is not who she says she is, i.e. this is not our real mom. Um, and there is a twist, and I'm not going to... I'm going to try not to give it away, so I'll maybe I'll just wrap it up here. Uh, we came very close to the reveal of the twist before I realized, oh, that's the twist. So it had hmm. me going, um, for sure, and it was pretty well performed, I'm trying to remember who the um, uh, actress, the main actress, who plays the mom. Well, while you're looking that up, let's take a quick break. Okay. This is the perfect spot to take a break for our sponsors. First up, of course, we have Guardian Games 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. They are just flat out Portland's greatest game store. They love all forms of games, and they love the people who play them. It doesn't matter what type of gaming you are into, the fine folks at Guardian Games can help you out. If you don't really know what genre you might be into, whether you're competitive or cooperative, uh, long games or short games, um, you know, the folks at Guardian can kind of help you narrow down your scope of what kind of games you want. Do you want epic quests where you're trying to take the one ring into the fires of Mount Doom? Or do you just want to have a quick tavern brawl and then get on with uh, hoisting back your tankards? Um, there's games for that. Doesn't matter what you're looking for. And the folks at Guardian Games will hook you up. If you're purchasing someone for something, something for someone and you don't know what they want, you can always get a Guardian Games gift certificate. You cannot go wrong with that. Um, in my own gaming group, it's like a round of musical gift cards. 
Um, <laughs> when we're not giving each other uh, credits to uh, whatever Hero Forge, the online 3D stuff, we're giving each other uh, gift cards to Guardian Games. That way, everyone knows exactly what they're getting. It's a fantastic gift and gives you tons of options. So check them out. Guardian Games, 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. Guardian Games, when you're there, tell them for thank Thank them for sponsoring Geek in the City Radio, just like Rev Nats of Reverend Nats Hard Cider. His two newest ciders are still out there. Um, uh, long, oh, wow. Long live the queen. The Queen's Red. <laughs> it's just the awkwardly named The Queen's Red. Uh, it's a wonderful blend of wine and cider and some other ingredients. I think you'll enjoy it. Of course, the days are getting cooler and the nights are getting longer, which means Abbey Spice is making its return. The wonderful, almost already mold-spiced cider is coming out in six packs. And if you run a bar, you can get cans for your bar or kegs or half kegs or whatever. Revnats can hook you up. Don't forget, this weekend is Apple Fest, where you can purchase the very same juice he uses to make his ciders. Just bring your buckets, bring whatever. You're going to have to load them on your own. Got any questions about cider making? The folks at Steinbart's Home Brewing Supply always has a table set up. They have one set up this year. So, you know what? Show up with maybe 40 bucks and leave with about five gallons of apple juice and everything you need to make your own delicious cider. Uh, and use RevNats as your template. With that being said, let's get back to the show. We're back, and Denise has the answer. It was Naomi Watts. Booyah! Yeah. That's classic there. I haven't seen her in anything in a while. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like the last thing I saw her in was I Heart Huckabees, and I don't think that's correct, but that's the last thing that's memorable Mm -hmm. of hers. Mm Mm-hmm. And she's not new to horror. Like, she's did the American remakes of The Ring. Right. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went on, like, an Ethan Hawke kick, because then I watched Sinister. I kind of brushed that off at first, because, like, eh, it's going to have a lot of, you know, quiet, 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 ah, jump scares, and I just didn't care. Um, it's good. Especially but- with the lawnmower scene that he's watching on the home film. Huh. I need to watch Sinister. It's very good. I, I've i found that with Blumhouse movies, I don't necessarily like everything that Blumhouse puts out. But I 100% am glad to support with my dollars what Blumhouse is doing. Mm-hmm. Because they turn around and... Like, their goal is to just keep putting out horror. Yeah. And... Like, if they put out... Is it you that that was telling me this, that their goal is to just put out 10, 20 movies a year, and if one makes good, then it makes back the money for all of them? That's what they had mentioned. He's like, Bloomhouse has a a production budget for the year, and it's like, all right, it's $20 million, and we have 12 scripts we're going to make. You only need one of them to crack the $20 million box office, Mm -hmm. and you've covered everything, because they do... Almost all their marketing is viral or online, mm-hmm. which is still decidedly less expensive. They've got that partnership with Hulu. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, Sinister was a $3 million budget. It made 87 U.S. box office. Jeez. Yeah. Nice. Uh, it, it is good. I saw it. I'm, like, flipping through the pictures to remind myself. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good one. It's very... Uh, 
I don't want to say slow, but it, it, it does a good job of sort of like building up building? to the horror. Yeah. It's the... Which I'm fine with. The monsters have always been in the house. Sure. Have always been in the family. Like, I, I know... It always kind of reminds me of the taking of Deborah Logan. <gasps> I fucking love that movie. That movie was so As like good. an all-timers allegory also, because mm-hmm. it just fucking hits so hard. Mm-hmm. Christian and I watched that when we were like first dating, and we, like, we still talk about it. Yeah. Nice. It's rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's intense for sure, but uh, I highly recommend. There was a whole era of like, pro- it's maybe the devil movies. Mm-hmm. Like 2005, the original Exorcism of Emily Rose is also very good. Yep. Um, and I think that's kind of based on a true story also. I think about I've the seen exorcist that. that I think hurt the girl. There's a story where an exorcist, like a family brings in someone to perform an exorcism and he accidentally kills the kid. Right. And I, I think they made a movie about it and it's all done as like a courtroom drama. Um, yeah. Yeah, we're kind of in another golden age of, of horror again, for sure. I, uh, around that time, I, I feel that's also when the, Autopsy of Jane Doe came out. Fuck. And that's, that's also a, that's another. That's very one good. Too. That made the list, the yeah. Shutter list too. That was solid. It was a solid horror movie. Uh huh. I was really afraid when I first saw the trailer for it and the poster. I really thought it was going to be another version of. I think it's called Girlfriend. I think I know that the one. The zombie movie where the girl. Uh, is a zombie, um, but she hasn't decayed at all. Um, the tagline is, you never forget your first time. It's rough. It's very rough. Very hard title to search would it, for. Would it be Girl Fiend? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um... It's no Frankenhooker is what you're saying. Want a date? <laughs> no, it is not. At least Frankenhooker's kind of, well, it's funny. <laughs> you know. Yep. Uh, no, this one is not. It's this these two teenage boys. One of them finds the girl and drags her down to their basement. <gasps> oh, yes. yes. I've heard about yes. that. And yes. the actress playing her is naked the entire episode. She's not really cognizant because she's a, she's a zombie. And they use her. Isn't Things go badly the for girl? them. It might just be called The Girl. Either way, it's, again, solid movie, but know what you're going into. It's not yeah. called just The Girl. Know what you're going Yeah. You, brace yourself. Yep. It's just like when I can recommend, I think the movie is just called Vengeance or Revenge. Uh, I think it was an early A24 movie. Um, yeah, 2017 Revenge, mm-hmm. which is it tonally, at least in the background, borrows a lot from my spit on your grave. Which I didn't realize they had, one, remade that movie. Mm-hmm. Three times, like with three and sequels? two with two sequels. Two? Yeah. It's called Dead Girl. One, one, Dead one girl. word, Dead yeah. Girl. Dead Girl. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've never seen the original. I don't know that I can. I don't know that I can watch it. I don't no. know that I can watch 
the remake. I, I think I tried. I think I tried. I put it on and I'm like, I really don't want to go here. I just I just don't. Yeah, I spit in your grave as X for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, That's why I haven't seen it either. Like, I get that it's... I like the concept of the revenge on this, but to include that in the getting there is, I think, what I'm like, nope, nope, I don't I don't need to watch that. I don't need to see that. Yeah. I know that is a horror that already exists in the world. Just the revenge horror. Yeah. Mm. So not, not the revenge horror, the rape to get there. Yeah. The, the rape left for dead. The movie revenge has that also. It's one credit is that none of it's ever filmed to titillate or a male gaze. Like ever. Great. It's a very French though. The movie's very French. <laughs> Directed by a French woman. Okay. Um It's very well made. I think that might have been one of the first movies I ever saw on Shudder was Revenge. Um yeah. Sorry. That's also the problem with Last House on the Left. Mm. Like that's how that starts too. Yeah. With the crazy family that assaults people out in the woods. Mm. Yep. Um, Never saw that like either. very graphically, you can tell that's Wes Craven making his. Oh, sorry, that's Wes Craven making his uh, Vietnam commentary. Oh. Like all those directors from that sure. era were doing that. That makes a lot more sense um, because all the main killings are done by the the victims' families. Mm-hmm. You know, they they find them. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that that was a remake. Which one? The Last House on the Left. It is? I'm sure they made another one. They did make it. There is a modern one. Oh. I did not realize that there was a 1970s Wes Craven. Yes. Yeah, that was the original. That's the original one. And again. It had been remade. Very, very rough. Yep. There's a podcast that's named after it. Hmm. Yeah, it's just called The Last Horror Podcast on the Left? It's The Last Podcast on the Left. Yeah. (laughs) Clever. Um, yeah, that's the trick with a lot of the 70s and 80s horror movies, uh, early 80s, like the beginnings of them, if they have any sort of, all of this is motivated by assault, it's on screen and you go, oh, mm-hmm. nope. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I want to deal with that. I think because a lot of the writers and directors are playing off, like you can argue that. The summer of love was like America's final innocent time. And everything after that, innocence was tainted. And that's oh, yeah. where you get all of these exploitive horror movies. Yeah. Um, you get people reflecting what they saw on the news. Because, like, you were watching the nightly news with, like, U.S. soldiers coming home in body bags. Yeah. That's why George W. didn't allow them to film during the second Gulf War. He's like, we're not fucking showing that. Yep. It goes badly for us. And that that's... I think that's why movies like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, yeah. which came out in that era, seventy four, work because that that wasn't glorified. That wasn't the focus of it. We didn't see the trauma that put any of those people there. We get to see the horror of it, um, and especially with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where it's like. These people have resorted to cannibalism because their livelihoods have been taken away. Yeah, this 
Texas Chainsaw Massacre works in the same way, in a weird way, that All in the Family works. If your mm-hmm. super conservative, shitty grandfather loves All in the Family, it's because he loves Archie Bunker. But mm-hmm. your super progressive, liberal, whatever, he loves All in the Family so he can point out everything wrong with Archie Bunker. So yep. depending on your viewing, those are just hippies getting what's coming to them in the flatlands of Texas. Yep. Getting what they deserve. Um, yeah, so that plays off both of those things. Also, yep. that house exists with the chicken bones and everything. Hmm. It's it's gone now, but like that's how they found that house. Oh man. Yeah. I Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre is still so good. Yeah. Um I need to I, I need to watch two. Cuz that one I haven't seen. That's just Leatherface? Uh it it's also the one with when, Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, that's also when um Bill Mosley is added to the cast. Yeah. Which I didn't realize that was his entry into Chopped up. why he's part of horror, um, which makes a lot more sense. Right. And then they did Leatherface, mm-hmm. the sequel. Yep. And then Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, mm-hmm. The Next Generation. Um, Matthew the, McConaughey and Renee Selweger. The, uh, yeah. Exactly what you think it is. The ones with Jessica, the the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake with Jessica Biel, not good. It's boring. It it's is slow. Mm-hmm. And and even I am like, that's enough shots from Jessica Biel's butt. Yeah, it's like, oh, okay, we get it. You paid her a lot of money to do nothing but wear a pair of low rise jeans and a tank top. Yeah, we get it. And she works it. I think you mentioned that at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah, and it for me the remake's biggest fatal flaw is that it's just fucking boring. Yep. Same with the Friday the Thirteenth remake. Just, it's mean. It's mean. It, it, is it just bored me. Mean. And some of the worst CGI blood I've ever seen. Yeah, Friday the Thirteenth in and of itself is unique. Um, but Friday the Thirteenth Part Two is fun. Yeah, it's fun. That's Same when he's with- still in a sack. Yes, and same with uh, Friday the 13th Part 3, which is in 3D. Right. Both of those are great. Yeah, all three like, of those are great. You Because they turn right into, it's like, you want to see a bunch of uh, college-age kids get killed at a camp? That's what we've got for you. It's like, yeah. great. Um, I think the, the final girl for uh, Friday the 13th Part 2 is definitely more in the, the model of the Laurie Strodes than the first Final Girl from Friday the 13th Part 1. Okay. I don't remember either one of their names right now. The one from Part 2, like, had a psychology degree, used her psychology degree to defeat Jason. <laughs> yeah, she didn't say, like, Jason? Yeah. She like, acts like Mother she, Voorhees. Yeah, she looked at what was going on and went, oh, I can imprint on Jason to make him think I'm his mother. Come back from the dead. Yeah. Like, it's clever. Like, the characters in two are clever. The characters in three are goofy and stereotypical, and it is gimmicky as fuck because it is a 3D movie. Yes. Mm. So you can look at every single one of those kills and, like, that would have been great in a theater in 3D. Mm -hmm. It would have been awesome. Yeah. So goofy. I think three also had the um, sleeping bag murders, sleeping bag kills. 
that the two girls that are fooling around and Jason where he kills them in their sleeping bags by slamming them against a tree. Because they recreate the hologram of that on Jason X. Let's have premarital sex. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that's correct. That's correct. Yeah. Oh, uh, now I'm just falling down the remake rabbit hole, which is leading me to Rob <laughs> Zombie's Halloweens, which are not good. Oh, I wanted to like those so bad. Me too. I, I want to like every Rob Zombie movie. Uh, and I, I have liked two. So what are the two for Rob Zombie? Devil's Rejects. Okay. And Lords of Salem, because it swings for the fences. It... It whips that. It, it it doesn't do it, but it it tries really hard. And look, I love – he adores his wife, and it's so great. Sherry Moon Zombie is not a good actor. I think she can be. I think there are times okay. that she can turn in a performance that is good. Um, well, clearly because I like her in Devil's Rejects, and I kind of like her in Lords of Salem. So I watched uh, – very recently, I watched um, Halloween and Halloween 2 of Rob Zombies. Right. And they're, they're very bad. At no point did I want a backstory for Michael fucking Myers. <laughs> that That's the whole thing that makes him scary is he's just a kid that fucking snapped and nobody knows why. He was right. a suburban kid that had everything. And one night he just walks upstairs and... Kills his teenage sister at the age of seven. Mm-hmm. Is put into, uh, like, a psych ward for the rest of his life. And when he escapes, he just goes right back to killing people. Mm-hmm. No reason. Like, that's what's terrifying about Michael Myers. Yeah. Um, making it so he's from a fucked up home. It's like, yeah. no, Great. That's, that's not okay. I don't care. Um, I also watched 31 which is a bunch of carnies that get kidnapped by oh, Malcolm yeah. McDowell and forced to play the Hunger Games, essentially. It's like, all of these people are great. This movie just does not hang together. Mm. It's a right. bunch of scenes. The The only thing that I got out of that was that the uh, one of the actors went on to play... Um, Herman Munster in Zombies Munsters movie mm. and seeing him on screen with Sherry Moon it's like good I know the two of you have chemistry like the Munster her performance in the Munsters I actually liked I liked her Lily Munster yeah um I thought the performances in the Munsters was great I did not overall like how it hung together yeah but- I didn't need a prequel to how they became but every single actor in that movie had a lot of fun and did great jobs playing the characters they did, especially the guy that played Herman. I loved him. Sure. He was great. It's just the overall story was like, meh. Yeah. <laughs> you might dig Lords of Salem. Oh, I like Lords of Salem. Oh, Lords okay. of Salem is great. Yeah. But it, it's Devil's Rejects. That's the one that I love. Yes. And that's the one that I keep going, what is it about that movie that is so different than everything else that he's done? Rob Zombie, because this is the era he loves, he's really good when he's doing dirtbag criminals in the 70s. Yeah. (laughs) Because he did Three from Hell, which is a sequel to Devil's Rejects, and it's not bad. 
I, Dave but that's I his were, wheelhouse. Yeah, Dave and I were talking about that. The the reason that that falls short is the fact that Sid Haig was sick. Yeah, and could not fully reprise Captain Spaulding. Yeah, um, and that's because that's why they brought in Richard Brake. Okay. Hmm. Uh, who again to circle back? Who was recently just in Barbarian? Yeah. Is he the old guy? Yeah, he is. <laughs> I like Richard there, I, For a second there, I thought I was thinking about X, because I watched back to I watched back. them back to back, yeah. which is kind of thematic. Yeah, I can see that. Right? Yeah. In a in a really gross way that I don't like to think about. Sure. Yeah. 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 I think it was Don Taylor that posted something like, she's like, so are naked old women the new horror icon? <laughs> She's like, is that the thing? She's like, should I just come out with stringy hair and sagging tits and terrify people? You know, and I think it was like Dee Snyder, her friend. He was like, yes, you should do that. Um, <laughs> like there was some of that in uh, the Norseman or the Northman when, when we watched mm-hmm. that. That's right. Uh, in more of the the supernatural portion of that. Yes. Um, I feel like that that also came across in some of the horror movies that we watched at Horror Film Fest, at the Portland Horror Film Fest. That like feels true. I could not give you an example right now, but it feels true. Oh, the one with the hole in the basement of the house that was out in the middle of nowhere Greenland. That movie. That, oh, had, yeah. an old, that had an old woman? A naked old woman? Yes, and a naked mm-hmm. old man. And there were... Because when they went down in that hole and found people down there yeah and, and the okay, kid that was yep. born out of an egg <laughs> the imagery from that movie sticks with me more than the movie itself mm. like there was so many things where i was like what what did i just watch right yeah which sometimes that's what i want out of a horror movie is i want to walk away going that's gonna stick with what me just happened what what did i just watch i feel like there's some of that mandy yeah yes it, it not just naked old women, but naked old men, just naked naked people. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of naked dudes and men. Naked people are scary. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm more scared for naked people, in, especially like in an action moment. I'm like, Ugh, protect your bits. I, I think it depends. Oh, so you've ever seen Eastern Promises with Viggo Mortensen having the naked fight in the Russian bathhouse? I haven't seen this I either. I don't think I have. But I've I've seen naked fights, and I'm always concerned. There I'm is like, flop and dong everywhere, but some great foley's. The sound of like a wet fist hitting a wet belly as they're punching <laughs> oh. each other. It's just this... Like, That's oh. great. Yeah. It's just meaty slaps. Meaty slaps. Yeah, from the <laughs> motherland or something. Well, we should wrap up on Meaty Slaps. I, I <laughs> want to know what band Meaty, what cover band Meaty Slaps is. All right, Norm, you got a couple seconds to throw that in there. There you go. Yeah. And this is all true. So what are then, we going to do next month? Oh, God. This month? Oh, God. I don't know. You guys might hear my tedious... I started a workshop on writing your first D&D adventure, Ooh. so you might hear me talk about that. So That's not tedious. You should talk about that. Yeah. I'm approaching – I'm having a new approach to gaming. I'm forgetting or re-remembering how much I enjoy collaborative storytelling through gaming, mm-hmm. and I really miss doing more of it. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, 
I know that some people have been asking when we're going to get back on the Avatar train. Mm-hmm. We should we should finish that off. Yeah, uh, we're definitely not going to get it done by the end of the year like we thought. But no, no. Um, my coworker Madison Friley will not stop bothering me about joining <laughs> us for that. So <laughs> maybe a paranormal investigation if I ever send my damn email to Cable. Send that email. Yeah. Um, I I think definitely for the next couple months we should cover some passion projects of ours mm-hmm. and, and like what your Dean yeah. what your RPG stuff sounds like. Um. I'm still going to try and line up uh, a few more interviews if we can. I yeah, will... see if we can get Greg in here. Not just Greg, but like sure. other other folks. Yeah. Um, which I, I'll tease more when I actually get confirmations <laughs> rather than, it's going to be this person. No, Maybe. we didn't get that person. But Excellent. Great. Well, with that, I'm Aaron Duran. Uh, real quick. Yes. Meaty Motherland Slaps is the name of Norm's All Loot Toadies cover band. There you go. All right. The Toadies. <clears throat> You're still Aaron Duran. Damn right. And now I am Beanerita. And I am Cable Hashitani. We will talk to everybody next week, live from the Guardian Game Studios. <laughs> 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 There ain't no coming back. There ain't no coming back. Put you in the real, real. There ain't no coming back. There ain't no coming back.